Good morning, church. Good morning. It's so lovely to see you. I love that song. It says, you're good and I've witnessed it. You're faithful and I've witnessed it. So welcome to you. Welcome to all of our online guests. Thank you for joining us this morning. You are welcome here. So can we all stand? We're going to start off with worship. Yeah, Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy that will follow us all the days of our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one true God and that we get to be a part of your family, that you have called us to oneness with you, Father, that your spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And so, Father, with that freedom, we step forward. We step forward with boldness and confidence in you, in us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we were made in your likeness and that you have seated us in heavenly places with you. That you have called us your own, Father, that we are chosen and loved by our Father. And so, Lord, we just magnify you. We praise your name. We've seen your faithfulness. We've seen your goodness, Lord. We've witnessed it. And we will go out and share your good news with the rest of the world. Thank you that you've called us to be your light here in this world. That we have a purpose and a plan today. And Father, as we step into that, that you are the strength that goes before us. That you empower us to do what we cannot do on our own. And so we just magnify you. We thank you. We bless your name. And we rejoice in you for you are our Father. We thank you for this, Lord, in your holy name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. So let's worship in his freedom this morning.
promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my
We love you. We pray this in your name. 
Amen. Amen, amen. You're more than welcome to take your seats. Thank you very much, worship team. Can we give them a round of a hand? Man, that was so awesome and so powerful. So, it's my privilege and honor to welcome you to Naisna Vineyard this morning. Yes, this is the place to be on a Sunday. And then on to offering, or as I'm going to call it today, giving. Uh, I want to read together in Romans 8 verse 32, which says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? When I was reading the scripture, I was busy looking at a teaching on it also. And what the guy said was so amazing. He said, God is not stingy. For he gave his son. So how much more does he not freely with him want to give us all things? We do not serve a stingy God. He wants to bless you. He wants you to experience his fullness every day of your life. Yeah, while you are here. And in John 3, 16, I'm sure we can all quote this backwards. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And my final scripture is in 2 Peter 1 verse 2 to 4, which says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our, of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Jesus, what he's saying here is that you are a partaker of the divine power, of the divine nature, of the promise, of the fulfillment of what Christ has done already. And so when we give, we don't give from a place to get anything because he has already given us all things. We give from that place. We bless out of that place because we know that he has given us all things. So I want you to think about any area where you're experiencing lack, where you're experiencing drought. I wanna tell you today that he has fulfilled the promise. He has finished it and it is done. And as we lean into the knowledge of him, we experience and become partakers of what he has already given us. So we bless your seed. There's many ways to give here today. They're still the same. It will be the cash box at the back and you'll find more ways behind me on the screen as well as in your newsletter. But thank you for faithfully serving and sowing into this ministry because you have already freely been given all things. Amen. Pastor Yana will come and share the message with us. Enjoy the rest of the service. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to be in church with you this morning. Don't we have an awesome church family? Hey, I don't know about you, but Sunday, 
It's definitely my favorite day of the week, and it's wonderful to gather together as a, as a church family. And as Chloe mentioned, my name is Janu, and I have a privilege of sharing the word this morning. Um, and we're going to continue with our series that we started last week, Can You See? And Pastor Steve shared a great message last week. I really want to encourage you, if you missed it, go and listen to it again. And I'm very excited about this series. I really believe it's going to help all of us to see better, to have better vision. And I really believe God is going to do something in our hearts through this series. So I'm very excited about my message today. And as I was sharing it in the first service, I really felt God challenging me with it too. So I'm going to preach to you and I'm going to preach to myself now. And you know, it's so wonderful just the word and how the Holy Spirit helps us and speaks to us. And as I, you know, share today on vision and dreaming big and having the right picture, it's not because I have a perfect vision, but I like what Andrew Womack says, I haven't arrived, but I've left. And I believe when it comes to this, I haven't arrived, but I've left. And if you haven't left, today can be your day. But it's so important for us to have the right vision on the inside, to see the right things on the inside, to really see what God sees and to see how he sees. And I believe his word helps us to do that. But just as an introduction, I want to read out of Colossians 2 verse 8, where Paul says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So he uses the word philosophy there, and, and that refers to our belief system, but it can also refer to our worldview, the way we, we see things. And he starts all there by saying, beware. And the word beware means to be on guard against or to be cautious of. So Paul is saying, you know, be careful lest someone steal from you. Lest someone hinder you or limit you. Through what? Through a wrong philosophy, an incorrect worldview. So the way we see on the inside is very important. And as we go through the series, I want you to really be mindful of that. You know, the, the way you see on the inside can really have such a, a big impact in your life. And it can really determine what you experience in your life and on, 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 on the outside. And, and another translation um, says, Be careful not to let anyone rob you through a shallow and misleading philosophy. And I believe through this series, God is going to help us not to allow that. But a, a small vision or a, a wrong vision on the inside of you can, can limit you, it can limit God, it can hinder you, it, it can derail some of the things that God wants to do in and through you. So it's very important for us to see correctly. And I believe God is going to help us to do that. But I have three points for you this morning and I want to ask a question with every point. And, and my first one is, can you see with spiritual vision? And I'm asking that question today because we are very good at seeing with our natural eyes. And thank God for natural eyesight, what a blessing it is. But in life, we need to learn to see things that can't be seen. What do I mean by that? I mean, we need to see things on the inside that can't be seen on the outside, at least not yet. And if we want certain things to manifest on the outside, we need to see it on the inside first. And we do that through spiritual vision. And interestingly, the, the Hebrew word for vision, one of the meanings uh, for it is to see. It refers to having a clear mental image on the inside, a clear picture. 
that you have in your heart on the inside of you. So it's so important for us to have spiritual vision in life. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And that's a powerful statement. And I think sometimes in life, we think that people perish because of a lack of opportunities or a lack of resources or because they weren't born into the right family. But the Bible actually says what causes people to perish is not having vision. No vision will lead to people perishing. Now, the opposite is also true. If we have a vision, a prosperous vision, we will prosper in life. But if we have a small vision, we will live small lives. If we have a big vision, we will live big lives. But the good news is we can change the vision that we have on the inside. If we know the vision we have is not what God wants us to have, we can change it. And God's word helps us with that. And as we change what we see on the inside, it will change what we experience on the outside. But it's so important to have vision and it's so important to have godly vision on the inside. Another translation says, where there is no vision, the people live purposeless, meaningless lives. And that's not us. We want to live fruitful, prosperous lives. And if we want that, we need to see on the inside. We need to see with spiritual vision. Tony Cook said, vision is a spiritual picture, a clear mental image, a compelling perception of what could be, what should be, and with God's help, what will be. And I believe that is such a powerful uh, description of what vision is, spiritual vision. Winifred Newman said, vision is the world's most desperate need. There are no hopeless situations, only people who think hopelessly. And in ministering to people, I have discovered that you really need to help people to change the way they think and see. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So for example, if somebody grew up in poverty and they start getting a poverty mindset, you can teach them a lot about finances and believing God and prosperity. But if they don't change the image they have on the inside, their experience won't change. So it's so important for us to change what we see on the inside. And even for those of us who have a prosperous vision, I believe God wants it to be even more prosperous in all areas of life. And the good news is we can constantly change what we see on the inside of us. Proverbs 22 verse 9 says, Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed. What is a bountiful eye? I believe it's an eye that sees abundance. It's an eye that sees the promises of God. It's an eye that sees things that can't necessarily be seen in the natural. And the Bible says a bountiful eye will be blessed. Don't you want to experience the blessing of the Lord in your life? Then develop a bountiful eye. Start to see with spiritual vision. And Jesus said something very interestingly in Matthew 6, uh, from verse 22 to 23. And I really want you to, to pay attention to this. He said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is full with darkness. Now let's think about this for a moment. Do you think Jesus is speaking about natural eyesight here? 
I don't know about you, but I have had very healthy eyes, but that hasn't caused the rest of my body to always be healthy. And I've also learned just by looking into the sun doesn't cause my stomach to lit up. So what we see here is Jesus speaking of spiritual vision. I believe when he says that your eye is talking about the way you see, your worldview, your point of view, your vision that you have on the inside. And what is he saying? If your eye, your vision, the way you see, if that is healthy, your life will be healthy. Your life will prosper. But if it's dark or you have no vision, then you won't prosper in life. In fact, again, the Bible says people perish when there's no vision. So I want to ask you today, do you have a healthy eye? Do you have a healthy point of view? Do you see things the way God wants you to see things? And the good news again is if the answer is no, that can change in your life. But notice Jesus is saying it starts with your eye. It starts with the way you see. It starts with spiritual vision. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 has been our theme scripture for this series. And it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So notice again, we can't just go by what we see or feel. If you just walk and live by what you see and feel and taste, then you're going to live a very carnal life. You are going to live a very small life. The Bible says we live by faith, not by sight. Does that mean we don't do anything by sight? Absolutely not. So for example, when you drive, please keep your eyes open. <laughs> drive by sight. If I drive with you, I don't care how much faith you think you have, please drive by sight. But I must tell you, I have uh, driven with people uh, here from our church, and when I get into the car with them, I get in by faith and by praying in tongues. So some things we can still do by sight and we thank God for our natural senses. We thank God for our natural eyesight, but we can't just live by that. We need to live by faith. We need to see things with spiritual vision and we also need to see things that can't always be seen, at least not yet. Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Does that mean it, it doesn't exist or it's not real? Absolutely not. But it just means it can't always be seen. We need to have spiritual vision if we want to live by faith. And in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, it talks about Moses. It says it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. How do you keep your eyes on something or someone that is invisible? By faith, by spiritual vision, by what you focus on. So I want to remind you today to not just focus on what you can see or not just focus on what you can feel, but to focus on the promises of God and to have spiritual vision. But that leads me to my second point and question today, and that is, can you see the promise? The Bible says all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Whatever promise you need today, from God's side, it's yes and amen. It's not a maybe. It's a yes and amen. So be it. 
But can you see it in your heart? Can you focus on that promise and not just the problem? Barry Bennett said, a promise from God is a picture of God's original intent for mankind. Do you know that God wants to treat you as though sin never happened? And he can legally do that because of Jesus. You know, God had a desire for a very long time to treat people as though sin never happened. And now because of Jesus and what he did for us, he can. The Bible says Jesus justified us. That means just as if we've never sinned. So thank God for Jesus. But when we see his promises, we see that desire to treat us as though sin never happened. And now that promise can become a reality in our lives. If we can see it on the inside and believe it. And I want us to look at an example today um, in Numbers 13. I want to read a few verses out of Numbers 13 and chapter 14 as well. And here we find um, the instance where God told Moses to send spies into the promised land. And I believe this is a wonderful example of people looking at either the promise or the problem. And it's important for us to see a promise. You know, sometimes you can put two people in the exact same situation. The one will be negative and the one will be positive, all based on what they can see on the inside. And I believe this is a great example. But in Numbers 13 from this one, uh, it says, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Does that sound like a promise? Is God saying the land which I might give to you? Or go and find out if I can give it to you? God is saying this land I am giving to the Israelites. And then he said, send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So this expedition and, and visit into the promised land was not a, a test to find out whether the land could be theirs. It was simply an expedition to discover that which God had already given them. There's a big difference. But when they went into uh, the land, they visited it, and then in Numbers 13, from verse 25 to 28, we read, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. So they went into this land, but they saw a problem. And I'm sure you would agree with me, but it, it was a big problem. And nowhere in the Bible are we told to ignore the problem or deny it, but we are told to magnify God's promises higher than problems. But we see here that 10 of the spies really focused on the problem. And that's all they saw. They just focused on the giants and how powerful the men were and how difficult it would be to enter that land. But thank God that was not all of them. There were two men who had a different report, Caleb and Joshua. And in verse 30 to 31, it says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. 
Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. What a different point of view. You know, the one group is terrified and, you know, for them there's no way, not even a chance that they could enter the land. And Caleb here is ready to just go and conquer it. You know, our point of view is so, so powerful. It's so, so important. And thank God for people like Caleb and Joshua. But then in verse 33, it says, there, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So here we also find a reason why they were focusing so much on the problem. And that was because they saw themselves as grasshoppers. You see, in life, sometimes people will perceive us as grasshoppers if we perceive ourselves that way. Now, the reality is God did not create anyone to be a grasshopper. But sometimes that's the view we have of ourselves. But if that is your view, if you feel like a failure or someone that's up to no good, you need to change the way you see yourself. God did not create you to be a failure. God did not create you to be a grasshopper. He created you to be an overcomer in life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But unfortunately, unfortunately, 10 of the spies didn't have that view. But then in Numbers 14 verse 9, it says again, and this was Caleb and Joshua speaking. And they said, do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of Him. What I love about this is they didn't ignore the problem. They didn't pretend like the men or the giants weren't there. But they saw the promise. They said they have no protection from the Lord. We have a promise of protection from the Lord. We have a promise that this land is going to be ours. Then saw the problem. Two saw the promise. The ten who saw the problem through fear, saw the giants, saw the walls, saw the fortified groups and towns, and they never saw themselves actually entering and conquering that land. And guess what? They never did. But the other two saw the promise by faith. They saw the promises of God. They saw the blessing of God. They saw the protection of God. And they saw themselves conquering the people there. And guess what? That's what they actually did. And they did enter the promised land. So I want to ask you today, what do you see? Problems are real. Jesus said in this world we'll have tribulation. But he also said, be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. We're going to have problems in life, but what are you focusing on? What are you magnifying in your heart? Are you just seeing the problem or are you seeing the promise? You know, if we think of Peter walking on water, what's so interesting for me about that is the storm was equally bad when he was walking on water as when he started to sink. It wasn't the severity of a storm that caused him to sink. The storm was already severe when he was walking on water. What determined whether he was walking or sinking was his focus, what he saw. When he looked at Jesus, he conquered that storm. He walked on top of it. When he looked at the storm, when he saw the problem, he started to sink. Can you see why it's so important for us to see the promise by faith? 
to see the promise with spiritual vision. And you know, it's so wonderful when we see the promise on the inside of us. If you see a promise that God has for you about healing and you're still struggling with symptoms in your body, even if the symptoms, you know, get worse, if you have a picture of a promise, it won't really affect you. You know, I wish back in, in the World Cup that we had a vision of what the end result would be. I think many of us would have been a lot more relaxed during those knockout games if we only had a promise that the Springboks would win the World Cup. But we didn't, and many of us, you know, went through some hard <laughs> uh, aches during those knockout games. But you see, the good news is, in life, when it comes to God and His promises, we can count on it. We don't have to hope that we're go that, you know, for a win. We don't have to hope that we'll make it or hope that the promise will come to pass in our lives. If we can see it and believe it, it will come to pass. Because the word says, all the promises of God are yes and amen. What do you see on the inside of you today? The problem or the promise? And for every problem, there is a greater promise. Praise God. I want us to look at one more example, just of Elisha. And this was um, when the king of Syria sent people to Elisha to confront him. And in 2 Kings 6, from verse 15 to 17, we read, When the servant of a man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Now, now think about it. I'm, I'm sure the servant of Elisha thought, yes, Elisha is really getting old. You know, there's, there's two of us. It's not too difficult to count. And there's plenty of them. How can you say there's more with us? But it goes on to say, when Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. See the promise. See with spiritual vision. Now I'm sure his natural eyes were already wide open. So Elijah didn't pray for his natural eyes to be opened, but his spiritual vision. Sometimes we need to pray this too. Lord, open our eyes so that we can see with spiritual vision and to see your promise. And that is what Elijah prayed and it goes on to say, the Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw the, that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. He saw the protection. He saw the angels. He saw the promise. What do you see today? I just want to read this to you. And this is what will be produced in your life when you see the promise as opposed to when you see the problem. Seeing a promise activates faith. Seeing a problem activates fear. Seeing a promise results in overcoming. Seeing a problem results in sinking. Just think of Peter. Seeing a promise will keep you in the spirit. Seeing a problem will tempt you in the flesh. Seeing a promise creates positive expectation for the future. Seeing a problem creates dread of the future. What do you see? Make sure you see the promise. And my last question for you today is, can you see your future? Because your future is in your heart. 
In Matthew 12, verse 35, Jesus said, A good man out of a good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of an evil treasure brings forth evil things. So I'm not saying that everything that we experience in life is based on what we see on the inside. Definitely not. We live in a fallen world where things just happen sometimes. Sometimes other people make a bad choice and it affects us. Sometimes the devil comes against us. So it's not all based on what we see. But a lot is based on what we see. Because Jesus said there a good man out of a good treasure of his heart, that is what he sees on the inside, his vision in his heart, brings forth good things. What do you want to bring forth in your future? And if you haven't liked what you have been bringing forth, you can change. And the way you change what you are bringing forth is to change the way you see on the inside, to change your vision. And as you do, your future will be better. You can shape your future by the vision in your heart. You can plant good seeds into your future through what you see on the inside. Barry Bennett said, we are all projecting something into our futures. We can be projecting our pasts into our futures or our fears or limited resources or our current health challenges. Or we can be projecting the vision of ever-increasing blessings, peace, joy, and love. Something is being projected. The future is being shaped by the vision of your heart. So what are you shaping when it comes to your future? So important for us to have vision and to see the bright future that God has for us. Your future should be shaped by your vision and faith, not by your memories and fear. And your future truly is in your heart. And in life, we often get what we see. If all you see is what you can see in the natural, that is what you will get. But if you can see with spiritual vision and you can see the promise and you see a bright future, you will bring forth that what you see. We get what we see. So what are you seeing today? And what are you seeing that needs to change? You know, when you think of your future, are you filled with expectation and excitement or are you dreading your future? And I want to say to you today, even if you ha had a great past, your future can be even better. Because of God, the best can always be yet to come. God is a good God. He promises in His Word that He has a good future plan for us. A future filled with hope, filled with His blessing. Does that mean we'll be exempt from the problems of life? Unfortunately not. But we can overcome all of them as we see what we need to see, the promises of God. Robert Tolton said, you chart your course by the dream in your heart. So what is the dream that you have in your heart? What is the future that you have in your heart? I love this quote by Dell Carnegie, a great industrialist. He said, you can take everything I own, take all of my businesses, take all of my money, and in a few years, I will have it all back and more because you cannot take what is inside of me. We can read something like that and think, what an arrogant guy. But what he's saying here is true. You know, people can steal a lot from you. The devil can steal from you if you allow him to. 
but they can't steal the vision that you have on the inside if you don't allow them to. And you will carry that vision with you. And that vision will continue to shape good things into your future. A wonderful pastor, David Yonggi Cho, who is now in heaven, uh, pastored a great church in South Korea. He said, I can give up everything, the buildings and everything I have in South Korea and go to any city in the world and within a few years, I will have the largest church that part of the world has ever experienced. Why is he saying that? Because he sees it. He sees it in his heart. He has spiritual vision. He sees the promise of God. What are you seeing today? So important what we see. And maybe you're here today and you think, well, this is very inspiring, but I've had a lot of disappointments in my past. I, I don't really want to dream again. I don't really want to, to get my hope up again. I don't want to, want to be disappointed again. And the image I have has been with me for so long. I don't know how to change it. And, you know, Pastor Steve shared some great things last week too that I believe can help us to change the way we see. And one of them is the company we keep. But the one thing I want to give you today is the Word of God. Are you spending time in God's Word? Are you reading the Bible? The Bible says that the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And you know, God has given us His Word and His Word is filled with His thoughts and His visions and His dreams. And when you read the Word and you start to think in line with the Word and you start to see in line with the Word, you are going to think the thoughts that God thinks and you are going to have a vision that God has and the word of God is so powerful that it can really change the image that we have on the inside about ourselves about God about life about our futures and it can create effortless change as you allow it to change the way you see things so that's my encouragement to you today. If you want to change the way you see, read the word, meditate on it, speak it, believe it. And maybe you won't arrive tomorrow, but you can leave today. And by simply planting the seed of God's word in your heart, that word can create effortless change. That word will produce a different picture on the inside of you. And I want to end today by reading Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, over joys or those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. That is the word of God, the Bible. They delight in the word of God, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their, their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Don't you want to prosper in all you do? If you want to, you need to be able to see some things that can't be seen. You need to see with spiritual vision, not just natural eyesight. You need to see the promise, not the problem. And you need to see your future, not your past. Can you see today? And I just believe God wants to change, start changing the way you see things today. And I even believe for those of you who have a great eye, like Jesus said, God wants it to be even greater. God wants to change the way you see. And let's allow him to do that.
Amen. Can I ask you to please stand for a moment? And as you stand, I want to ask you to close your eyes. Pastor Steve said last week, sometimes in life for us to see, we need to close our eyes. That helps us to see things that can't be seen. But as you close your eyes, I, I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe there's a promise that He wants to remind you of this morning. Maybe you've been focusing too much on a problem. And He just wants to shift the way you see again. Just allow Him to minister to you, to help you, to speak to you this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to see with spiritual vision, to see the promise, and to see a bright future. Thank you, Lord. Maybe for some of you, the problem is that you're struggling financially. Maybe you have been for a while. But God's promise is that he will meet all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He will provide for you. He wants you to prosper. Maybe for some of you it's relationships and you need restoration. For others it might be healing. For some of you it's just peace of mind. Been battling fear and worry. And God just wants to set you free from that. For some of you, you're just not experiencing the fullness of His freedom that you know is available to you. Why don't you just see the promise this morning? And then for some of you, God has put dreams in your heart, but in the natural, you don't see it yet. See it with spiritual vision. Dream His dreams. Have big vision. See those lives that will be impacted and changed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we choose today not to ignore or deny the problem, but we choose to magnify your promise. We choose to magnify your protection. We choose to magnify the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us to have healthy eyes, Lord. So that our bodies can be healthy, our lives can prosper. We want to glorify you, Lord. We want to see what you want us to see. Thank you for helping us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your promises. 
magnify him. If you came today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know him personally, you haven't received him as your Lord and Savior, and you desire to do that right now, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I'm just going to lead you into a prayer, and it will be the best decision you ever made in your life. But if you're not sure you're forgiven and justified, and you want that, you can be sure today. So if that is you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, and I'm just going to lead you into a prayer. Anyone who would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Well, Lord, it seems like everyone here already knows you and we just thank you for that. We thank you for our wonderful church family. We thank you for Pastor Stephen, Mama D, and just the vision that you've given them for this church. We just honor them, Lord, as our leaders here and we just thank you for what you've done in them and we pray that you will continue to put your vision and dream in their hearts for this church. We thank you for this healthy church, Lord. And I pray for my brothers and sisters in you today. Help them to, to see what they need to see. And if they're seeing things that they shouldn't be focusing on, thank you for helping them, Lord, to stop that, to change that. Help us to see what you see and how you see. And thank you for being faithful and willing to always help us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need ministry today or you'd like someone to pray with you about something, we're going to have a wonderful ministry team here in the front. Please come to them. Let them pray for you. Thank you so much for coming to church today. Remember, you are highly favored and deeply loved. God bless you.